Hello everyone, and welcome back to the British Royal Fanatic Podcast. I'm Hayden, your American friend with a passion for British royal history. Before we get into today's main topic, if you enjoy spending time with me and enjoy the podcast, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share. You can find me on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Anchor, Spotify, CastBox, anywhere you're currently listening. Rate, review, subscribe, and share. I have an email, uh, BritishRoyalFanaticPod at gmail.com or over at Twitter at Fanatic underscore Royal. There you can let me know how I'm doing, communicate with me directly, suggest topics for future episodes. But I wanted to get that all at the top of the episode today because you've seen the title about five minutes ago. The Duke and Duchess of Sussex wrapped their interview with Oprah, and we're going to talk about it. It was a very big interview. A lot of bombshells were dropped, truths were told, but ultimately their side was told. They were able to speak their truth. Before we get into that, this exact same day, a few hours before, the Queen and other members of the royal family posted on social media about Commonwealth Day, but the big takeaway is that the Queen had a speech mere hours before this interview was dropped. What did that speech entail? What was it mainly about? Well, today is Commonwealth Day, and that's what the speech was about. The Commonwealth supporting the workers that are at the front line for COVID relief, talking about how countries were coming to each other's aid. But there were two things that at least stuck out in her speech was this call of unity, spiritual unity, And there was another discussion about service and duty. And while it wasn't directly said about, like, said to Meghan and Harry, people kind of felt like, oh, is there a, a message here? Are you trying to say something? But ultimately, it was what you would expect of a typical speech on Commonwealth Day. Also, this week, we have to talk about leading up to the interview is also another case of things that Meghan and Harry talked about in the interview really coming to life. So right as this interview is being advertised and little sneak peeks here and there were being shared on social media, there of course was this news story that broke from former Buckingham Palace aides that Meghan bullied them and that she was mean and she was cold and that it ultimately was an awful situation and the press ran with it and made a story all out of it and of course the duchess's friends did come to her aid and they went hey whoa 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 whoa, no 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 this isn't right we know that this isn't true and it caused enough of a stir on social media that buckingham palace released an official statement saying that they're going to be looking into it and they're going to be doing an investigation what comes of that i do not know that is all new but the media has been really proving what they had talked about they were fabricating stories about how oh the rift is now getting worse between the brothers and conflict here and conflict there and it was really proving what they had been talked about now what are we going to be doing today well we're going to be talking about first bullet points what had been talked about what were takeaways, questions Oprah asked, what the Duchess said, what Harry said, what they said together as a couple, objectively presenting, here is what was said. Here is is their side of the story. 
in something that's a little bit more that's a little bit more digestible instead of a full two-hour interview summarizing it into however long this podcast is and then at the very end we will have just a short discussion about takeaways thoughts all that so the interview starts and they are being covid safe there's no touching they're feet apart all the crews covid safe cool great awesome but the way that the interview is structured is megan is alone for the first hour and then harry comes in for the second hour and one of the beautiful things that happened is megan and harry announced at the top of the second hour of the interview that they are expecting a baby girl and the baby girl is due sometime in the summer so congratulations to them and their baby girl they made the announcement that this is it we have a boy we have a girl this is all that we want this is our little family the interview starts and oprah talks about the wedding and marrying into and that whole experience what was it like meeting the queen all of that and for the most part it seems as if it's very very positive she it she said at her wedding was sort of an out-of-body experience that she was aware of what it was but she was aware she was aware of what it was and the significance but she then revealed the truth that they actually got married three days before in a private ceremony with the two of them and the archbishop of canterbury they had their they were already married when they had their official public wedding because they wanted to have a moment for themselves and they knew that the wedding they were having was actually more for the people of the country not really them it was for the monarchy and for the people but she then reveals that she really didn't research much of the royal family she didn't she was very naive entering into this relationship and into the world world she didn't know what was expected of her she really didn't do her research she didn't know everything and ultimately she later reveals in further in the interview that she had to learn protocol by herself and learn this by herself and she was really on her own then she made the note that some people get etiquette training and sort of like a mini boot camp as it were but she was not given that she did all of this on her own and harry helped her and she does make a point that you know we as americans i say we because she is an american i am an american that we have no idea what it's like and it's true not only do we not have this system in our country but we are presented this romanticized version and that the reality is different from the perception we are only presented this perception and we judge because Um, We judge off of this perception, but the reality is quite different. And I, I find that very true. And we're seeing that again. She then makes a point that the royals are significantly different than celebrities. We are presented over here in media that they're sort of on the same page, but they're not. The royals are very different and the institution is very different. One thing that happens in the entire interview is both Meghan and Harry, they don't really drop any names if it's anything negative they just use the umbrella term the firm the institution if it's anything positive they will drop names but if it's anything negative at all they don't name drop period which i can understand they're trying to protect themselves but also still protect the firm so i can understand that 
One thing that I do appreciate about Oprah is she does ask some of the weird questions about the media. So she does ask, what's all this story about your relationship with the Duchess of Cambridge? Did you make her cry? And ultimately she reveals that no, the media got it wrong. The um, the Duchess made her cry. And it was, of course, over the, the dresses for the flower girls and whatnot, but that... Uh, Catherine has apologized, they have made up, she's forgiven her, and they've moved on. But it sort of highlighted that the media really presented and twisted a completely different story. Now, with all these little bits aside, we're now starting to get into sort of the meat of the interview that is a running theme, is that Meghan and Harry weren't being protected they weren't being supported they weren't being understood and they weren't being protected that was a big thing that they kept harping on they didn't feel protected by the firm and because they weren't protected the media was able to run free with them and they would look at Megan and they're like hey you need to lay low you need to lay low and she made a point of I left the house twice in four months in a pre-COVID world I don't know why they're still talking but they are and she does make the point that she was silenced she was told you know don't don't say anything to the media if you do say anything say no comment and she made a point that she went into everything very naive believing that she would be protected but she ultimately wasn't there were poignant and at times uncomfortable conversations around race within the royal family that both megan and harry while saying hey this happened they didn't go into detail in fact there was a conversation that megan brought up regarding archie and race and that there was a conversation in the firm that was relayed to her via Harry that the firm was concerned about what skin tone little Archie would be and and that they were talks of revoking or trying to rewrite the decree done by King George V in 1917 with the decree of the House of Windsor that redoes who's a prince who's a princess we already saw that done once before with the children of prince william and Catherine middleton where originally it was supposed to just be george was prince and everybody else was supposed to be styled differently little charlotte and louis but their style prince and princess an exception was made for them well a different type of legislation or rule or whatever you want to call it was going to be done to undo when Charles assumes the throne because once Charles assumes the throne Archie and soon to be their daughter are grandchildren of the monarch through a male line and that by default means that Archie and the little baby girl that's coming in would be styled prince and princess and Megan made it clear that if it meant that they were going to be protected if it meant they were going to be safe then she had no problem with it even though she conceded that there were issues with the titles and everything else she she knew sort of the double-edged sword being a prince or princess in England comes with but she was willing to do that for her children if it meant that they were going to have security and be protected and it was ultimately the firm that made it made the decision that no Megan you're not going to be protected and your children aren't going to be protected and of course that really upset them there were a lot of discussions about race in this interview which I find to be very 
poignant. They talked about how the media was very racist, how members of parliament were speaking out against the racism towards Meghan, but ultimately the, the firm didn't really seem to do anything what had what they had talked about. They were apparently given no explanation as to why Archie wasn't getting a title or style or anything, just that it's not happening. And one thing that they made it clear is that they wanted to assume a position similar to that of, let's say, the Duke and Duchess of Gloucester, the Duke and Duchess of Kent, Princess Eugenie, and Princess Beatrice, where they still have their full title and style and everything. They're still there. They have their own independent lives, but they're called upon to do something to represent when they need to be called upon. But they're in the back. They're not senior members. They're just members now. That was the ultimate goal. But they weren't being protected. They weren't being supported. They weren't being understood. They both started to go to dark places mentally. Their mental health started to take a turn. Uh, Megan revealed a very big bombshell that she was suicidal at one point. And there was an engagement at Royal Albert Hall where you can see, now that she pointed out, how hard they're holding each other's hands because earlier that day she had told Harry about that. There was this sense of breaking point, at least with Meghan, and then Harry also felt that same breaking point because they didn't feel understood, they didn't feel supported, they didn't feel like they were getting what they needed, and that was the ultimate breaking point for them to decide to, okay, we need, we need to find our own solution because we aren't getting what we need here. That was the ultimate decision. We aren't getting what we need. We aren't being protected. The media is going crazy. We've asked the palace to do stuff. They're not doing anything. They clearly have an agenda to not want to protect us, and now we need to do something for ourselves. And they did that. They started to forge their own way, first by trying to be these sort of secondary royals, step back. They had talked about going to somewhere in the Commonwealth. They had tossed around Canada, New Zealand, somewhere in Africa, but ultimately that was, uh, no, they got the, they got the kibosh on that. And the story that the media presented that Harry and Meghan blindsided the queen with this decision was false that they had been talking for a long time before the official statement was made they just made the statement first not the palace when we do have harry in the interview uh oprah then starts to ask a few more questions about like relationship and security and Harry's really able to shed a little bit more light on things they ultimately talk about how the idea of blindsiding the queen was all wrong, that um, they were taking matters into their own hands, and that at the time it was very ugly. It wasn't fun. And when they were in Canada, right before lockdown happened, they were told that security was gone. Sorry, we're yanking your security. You're on your own now. And they had also been cut off. So they had no security and they had no other funds from the royal family or the crown estate. And that was very worrisome. And this is where Tyler Perry came in and said, I'll pay for security. You can use my house until you get on your feet, until you have a, have a plan. And, you know, 
kudos to Tyler Perry coming in clutch and helping them. But he, Harry in, begins to talk about the media and this sort of invisible contract with the media that, okay, if you do good things, we'll report well, and that the Crown and the media have this weird relationship. And he does also talk about that during this transition time, uh, the Prince of Wales, his father, Prince Charles, wasn't answering his phone calls, wasn't acknowledging, wasn't doing anything. And he was really unaware of racism and bias until Megan came in and they start talking about this idea of being trapped in the system that uh, Prince Charles and Prince William are trapped in the system. They're trapped in this privilege. They're trapped in this bubble of control and going here, going here, going there. And he talked about, he gave an example about how it doesn't matter what you're feeling. You have to be on, you know, you have your moment, but once that car shows up, you have to get changed, dry your tears, go out there. You can't, you know, you can't really have your moment. And it's, um, Oprah used a wonderful image that the media and the Royal family have this symbiotic relationship and they ultimately cite that things started to go wrong, really wrong, alarmingly wrong, when they got back from Australia. And the firm saw how people were gravitating to Meghan, similarly to that of Diana. And they felt that presence of Diana again. And it, alarm bells were ringing. And that gave Harry an opportunity to look big picture and go, hold on, wait a minute. This isn't going well and then things started to spiral she was pregnant and they ultimately made the made the decision and oprah did ask if you had gotten the support and security that you needed would you have left and they both said no and that it never was the intention to leave they wanted to do that full time megan had said in the interview that she wrote letters saying use me how you want i'm very excited enthusiastic i want to help i want to do this and she was gung-ho from this from the start and ultimately she didn't get what she needed and neither did harry aside from the main theme of they didn't feel protected or understood by the firm is they never wanted to leave. They never wanted it to come to this. They never wanted to turn their back. But at some point, well, they didn't even say they didn't turn their back. The media is saying that they were turning their back, but they've just stepped back. They haven't turned their back anywhere, period. There's talk about um, relationships. As the interview starts to come to a close, Oprah talks about relationships within the within the firm. And Harry makes it clear that the queen calls. The queen calls moderately frequently. He said he's talked to his grandmother more now that they've left than when he was there. So the queen is being very active and it seems that she's understanding. They video called a few times and she's making an effort. That's the big point to drive home is the queen is at least making an effort. In one of the side vignettes that they do on the actual property that the Duke and Duchess have in Santa Barbara, they talk about that when they heard that the Duke of Edinburgh was in hospital, Meghan called the Queen and talked to her and then passed off to Harry. And there's this wonderful familial informality there that to both of them, they truly value. When talking about his father and his brother, Harry says that things are strained, that he has talked to, to Prince Charles. They he has <laughs> Prince Charles is taking his calls, but he feels let down by his father because he 
His father experienced something similar to what he went through, and his father wasn't there for him. And William wasn't he wasn't there for him. When talking about his relationship with William, um, he said things are... You could, you could get a sense that things were tense, but that they needed space. Time will heal all wounds. Oprah does bring up the conversation that Megan first brought up, where there were talks within the firm about Archie's race and his skin tone and how he would be just the children in general and harry made it clear that he will not share that story he will not share that conversation he's uncomfortable to talk about it and that's his right but we as the people know that there were conversations about archie's skin tone when asked about if it was their intention to get this deal with netflix and get this deal with spotify and get this and get that they both made it clear that, again, that was never their intention. They set up their foundation, Archwell, to do charitable work, but they had never expected to get Netflix or Spot or Spotify. Harry made it clear that he wanted to make enough money to protect his family, to have security to protect them and to make sure that they're safe, because the media still wants to know a lot about them and to be involved in their life. When asked if he's he was hurt by this decision to ultimately leave, he goes, yes, he was hurt. When asked about the decision to have all the his honorary military titles stripped and lose their patronages, he does say that, yes, they were hurt, but he respects his grandmother. He respects the queen and that he will she will always be his queen and his commander-in-chief. When asked if they had any regrets at the very, the very end of the interview, Harry says no. He doesn't have any regrets about anything that he feels that his mother, while Diana would have, quote, been angry and upset about the handling of the situation, she would have ultimately been supportive in the fact that she wants her son to be happy. And Harry made it clear that he didn't want history repeating itself and he began to see things were beginning to repeat it to repeat itself and he wanted to get out before things really got bad megan did say she had one regret and that it was believing that she was going to be protected she first said that she 100 percent believed it and they closed by sharing some fun stories about archie and that ultimately you know, he saved her, she saved him, and they're happy to have each other and their family and this new life that they're going to forge in Santa Barbara. But the big takeaway from this interview, listeners, is that they left working, being a working royal, being a working royal couple, because they were not being understood. Their mental health was not being taken seriously. They asked for help and they got nothing Megan wasn't being protected. Their newborn son, they were told, was not going to be protected. They weren't getting any sense of protection at all. And they ultimately needed to make a decision. And they chose themselves over the firm. And that was the big reason why they left. The press was being racist and misogynistic. And there was a double standard between Catherine and Megan at the virtually the same parts in their life there was a clear divide and they ultimately left to save themselves and to get out of the system now on to thoughts as someone who has struggled with mental health 
I completely understand Megan's point of view where she talked about the hardest part is asking for help, being vulnerable to ask for help, and in some cases, not getting what you need. I can very much relate and understand that, so my heart goes out to her there. But overall, I'm not surprised. We've seen, especially with Diana, the firm not being understanding. She had reached out for help. I've read in Andrew Morton's book and another book series I've read countless times where Diana wasn't okay and she reached out for help and she didn't get anything. And she had her eating disorder and the firm was aware of it, but they just didn't acknowledge it. They were having marital problems and the firm didn't acknowledge it. So I'm seeing a lot of Diana, Diana's storyline repeating itself through Megan and Harry. I am a little bit sad that it ultimately came to that, that they weren't protected, they weren't supported, and they weren't understood. And it ultimately led to them leaving. Megan did point out this disparity within the press office and the family that they would go to lengths and hurdles and bounds to protect other family members for something very minute and minor, but something major that was happening to her, they weren't doing anything. Which points out a conspiracy that I had heard that while I'm not the big conspiracy theorist, it makes the most sense in this situation that the royal family is using Meghan and Harry as a distraction and a diversion tactic to keep attention away from Prince Andrew and the sexual allegations and his connections with Jeffrey Epstein. And I I felt that Meghan hinted at that. She didn't outright say it. She didn't hint at it. No, she did. She, she did hint at it. A part of me wanted to have the outright drama of, you know, say their name, who said this, who said that, but I ultimately respect their decision to not say anybody because, yes, they're not working anymore, but they're still a part of that family. And I doubt we will ever know who said what, who brought this up, who said this, who said that. They just said members of the family, members of the firm. They kept it very ambiguous and open. They seem to be happy now. They seem to be in a really good place, which ultimately that's all we can care about. That's all we can ask for is that they're happy and they're in a good place. They had said a few times, especially Harry, that in this whole process, he felt Diana with him. He felt his mother's presence with them in this decision. And you know, ultimately, she, she, he said that uh, she wants him to be happy. And it seems like they are. They have a cute little home, cute little, they have a whole little farmstead and chickens and they rescued animals and things seem to be going great for them. But in what was told in the interview, I'm not really surprised. One of uh, the major critiques about the firm is that it's still archaic, that it still has this, yes, things have improved and modernized with thanks to the impact Diana had and now with Catherine and William being really hands-on and how she runs things and then things really started to change when Megan came in, but ultimately the running of it hasn't changed. This deal with it in silence, we don't want to hear about it, we're all suffering, we're all miserable, I don't want to hear about how miserable you are still rings true and it makes me sad and a little bit just kind of like why that this system is still going on overall it was a very truth-telling 
interview. But it also kind of shows a little bit of character within the royal family that even through thick and thin and drama and chaos, the queen still finds time to call and check in with with Harry and Meghan and to see Archie and to at least be a part, whatever that part may be, and that Charles and William are being very distant. Granted, we don't know the full story there. That's just their story. That's what that's their side that's being presented to us. And they had every right to tell their story. Of course, people will be critical and have a lot to say. This is just me reflecting upon everything. But this interview, I yeah, just I'd wish it had never come to that. You know, I'd wish that the system was different, but now we're learning that the system isn't. I do stand by that I feel like Megan should have done a little bit more research into the family. She had said that in upon first meeting and first impressions and the first couple times around the family, it was a positive not having done a lot of research because she didn't know anything and so the sense of pressure was off. But I still think, in my opinion, research would have behooved her and maybe prepared her a little bit better. Now, she even made a comment in the very beginning that her mother didn't even know that Diana had her famous 1995 interview with Panorama. You know, that that was something that was unaware of. So that's just my opinion. I have a feeling if more research was done, then the situation could have maybe been a little different. But that's just my opinion. But there you have it, everybody. The big bombshell interview with the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. The big takeaways. Why they left. They didn't feel supported. They didn't feel understood. They didn't feel protected. Security wasn't being taken seriously with them. And they ultimately left because they were being vulnerable. They were being thrown to the wolves in some respect. And Megan was vastly underprepared but she really went with it and learned on the fly and seemed to have assimilated into the family quite well but ultimately it was that this lack of security and keeping them safe and protected in the media that led to this decision to leave and things are still tense there were some racist conversations that happened that we will never truly know And ultimately, it'll be interesting to see what the next few days will hold. Oprah did say that, you know, at the time that this comes out Monday morning on CBS Morning Show, that she will be talking more. There were things that they couldn't reveal, and it seemed like they were fun anecdotal stories, and that the real meat of the the conversation was in the interview that we saw. If other clips come out and more stories come out, of course... I will be reporting on that here, but there you are, there you have it. Quick turnaround right after the interview. If you made it this far, thank you for coming by. Let me know what you thought of the interview, either on social media, interact, subscribe, share, rate, review, all of those things. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. And of course, I will see you in the next one.